I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. We're coming to you from the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. the Dharma Realm podcast for February 5th, 2016, and today we are talking about Buddhist ethics. So we'd like to uh, continue our discussion somewhat um, from last time, except we maybe we'll try not to make any D&D references. <laughs> um, you but, just did, man. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, <laughs> hey, I opened it up on purpose. No, um, talking about ethics. Uh, trying to talk about ethics and um, focusing more maybe on the Buddhist side. Uh, and, you know, last time, okay, I'll, I'll sum up last time since it's been a month since our last episode and um, talking about this kind of D&D, Dungeons and Dragons system of alignment and a kind of a graph to um, figure out a character or figure's um, ethical stance, right, um, ethical position mm-hmm. and their activity, their action. Uh, and... You know, we were trying to think about it in a Buddhist sense, and so that got me thinking about, yeah, what is the motivation of Buddhist ethics? Is it to be on the side of good and right, right? Or, or be against evil? And it seems to me like that's not necessarily it. I mean, it forces you to ask, what is good and evil in Buddhism? Mm-hmm. Right? And, um, and one thing I realize is that I think that um, ultimately... One way to think about, maybe not, I shouldn't say ultimately, because that implies some ultimate standpoint. One way to think about uh, Buddhist ethics uh, is that it is compassion-based, right? It is based on the Buddha's awakening, right? And what Buddhahood might entail, um, how part of it is how does Buddha see things? How does he see the world? And that's the wisdom side, right? That Buddha Mm -hmm. sees things as they are, which is very different than how we see them, right? We're caught in... um, illusion and delusion. We think things exist when actually um, it's much more complex than that. Uh, we think that the self exists, uh, put great importance on that. And so one aspect of Buddha's awakening is, uh, I, I would say, somewhat philosophical, uh, and uh, it's how he sees the world and this wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side, that what also has to be there is compassion, right? and that this compassion is uh, how Buddha acts in the world Right, how what a Buddha does, what a Buddhist might do, and I think it is aiming towards this compassion, right, and uh, lessening the suffering of others, right, um, ending the suffering of others of others. Uh, we find this in the Bodhisattva path and the idea of um, a Bodhisattva. One idea of a Bodhisattva being that until all beings attain Buddhahood, I don't, I'm not going to attain Buddhahood. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not the only thing a Bodhisattva can do. But um, you know, all these ideas of vows. Um, uh, practice, right? That it's not only, I mean, the whole Mahayana Buddhism is based on this idea of it's not only my enlightenment, right? It's not only my path. My path necessarily involves helping others. Uh, and so uh, I think that uh, Buddhist ethics, um, one way to think about it is uh, in terms of this compassion, uh, that it is compassion based. And I think that. Um, even though I said last time the whole idea of samsara and um, cycling through the six realms, um, whether it's understood literally and you know lifetime after lifetime, or if we even if we understand it psychologically and it all happening in within one lifetime, it's still uh, kind of predicated on this um, 
idea of uh, compassion for others and lessening harm, uh, not doing harm, committing, um, causing harm to others, uh, and also even actively trying to lessen their suffering. Sure. I'm down. Um, I don't know how to be in the world, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a bee, even a B student myself. <laughs> more C's and D's. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant that that's that the next question that always comes up is, um, well, then how do you know how to do good mm-hmm. or to abstain from causing harm? Mm-hmm. And part of it is, I think, within the system is encountering Buddhism, mm-hmm. right? Hearing the Dharma. <clears throat> um, and that uh, I think part of, and I'm speaking very, speaking very generally about Buddhism, right? That part of um, being Buddhist is um, studying and listening to the teachings and mm-hmm. trying to bring, and so, so hearing what Buddha has said about it, hearing what uh, monks or ministers or, or um, you know, whoever has been, you know, following the path themselves, uh, and trying to learn from that. Um, sure. So I'm going to make some like declarative statements that are probably not true, mm-hmm. just for the fun of it. Okay. <laughs> um, but but also because I feel like th- this is this is I f- in hearing you right now, I remembering like 14 episodes we've recorded in the past, mm-hmm. sort of touching on these issues, and I feel as though one of the things that you and I, but also just people in Jodo Shinshu in general, sort of come back to is the question of whether or not compassion is possible for Bonbu, right? Whether or not it's possible for us to know what um, our, what the consequences of our actions are. Um, and then we get sort of hung up in these um, sort of philosophical abstractions mm-hmm. about morals and ethics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that something else that you said just now, I think points to the answer to that question of how do we how do we be in the world, right? Um, and w- one side is that there are certainly some Buddhist traditions that I think are actually very explicit about the things you're supposed to do and things you're not supposed mm-hmm. to do. So mm-hmm. there's there's that. There are traditions out there that are like, yeah, don't do these things or follow the five precepts or follow the monastic precepts or whatever. There are you know specific things, and people will actually say, no, 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 don't 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 do that. That's bad, <laughs> clearly and un, uh, unambiguously. Um, but something else that you said a little bit ago was that part of what the Buddha does is he sees the world as it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yes, compassion is, is what's sort of the, the ground from which we make our decisions, but the other part of that is this knowledge of the world as it is, which you know gets back to that problem of whether or not we as unenlightened beings can really know what the world is. Um, but maybe we can at least a little bit or at least sort of in the spirit of that, sort of be um, attentive and pay attention to the world and be honest about the world um, in order to help discern whether or not our actions are being good and bad or causing harm or, or um, relieving suffering. Mm-hmm. That there's, it's not just, compassion is an important part, but it's not just that, it's also being honest and mm-hmm. realistic about the way the world, the way the world is and, and, and our relationship to it as foolish beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a declarative statement, but I'm, I'm trying to actually advance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is great because you're taking it in a more shinshu direction. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think you've um, introduced a very kind of shin, um, shinran-based kind of aspect of Jodo Shinshu. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought I was going totally off the rails. No, 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 no. That, that was good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, how do I know what good and evil is? <laughs> right? How do I know that my actions are good or evil? Right? And um, that that, I think, was Shinran's crisis. You know, he was working in a system that um, was ostensibly one of the ones that had rules mm-hmm. and had kind of the path laid out and the practices that you did. And, you know, part of it was being a monk and part of it was, um, you know, doing various meditative practices that are um, not necessarily ethical in the sense of samsaric ethics, but mm-hmm. meant to shoot one beyond that, right, um, beyond the samsara system and result in um, some form of awakening. Um, and Shinran found himself incapable of doing any of that, mm-hmm. right? And so so um, Shinshu, I think a big question is... Uh, Shinran's writings, you just feel this, you know, and I think it's Tani Show where he says, um, if I knew good and evil, then I could do good and refrain from evil. That's right. a paraphrase, but, right. you know, um, but I can't. So, so I think that brings us to the kind of the crux of Shinshu ethics, right? And that, um, yeah, that it, it, it kind of throws the, it doesn't, th- but it doesn't throw the system into question, I don't think. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. that the system is still set up where, and so another aspect of the, the, the ethical system is the three poisons, mm-hmm. right? And so that um, I think part of evil in Buddhism is um, activity that's motivated by anger, mo- um, activity that's motivated by greed, right? Um, activity that's motiv- are done out of ignorance of the way that things really are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? And, and so Shinran doesn't throw that into question. Mm-hmm. But he throws into question, am I able to know yeah. when I am being right. motivated by this stuff? Yeah, or- and I, I guess for me the thing is that what happens is is that we look at spiritual at uh, Shinran's spiritual uh, moral ethical existential crisis whatever you want to call it and extrapolate from that some interpretation of ethics and then we sort of call into question the possibility for ethics because of this sort of spiritual um, crisis. And I think that's just now, this is a new idea for me, mm-hmm. that might be sort of um, the wrong way to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. That rather than saying, oh, because he had this crisis about whether or not he could know um, what the right thing to do is because I'm a foolish being, because I don't know if I can ever know what good and evil is, I'm just going to throw ethics out the window and just not not worry about it or mm-hmm. not um, make ethical decisions or not um, make you know social decisions, not engage in social um, change or social uh, uh, causes or whatnot, because who knows, right? Like sort of that, that sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, sort of conflating two separate but related things, right? Mm-hmm. You're conflating, like as you just said, this this moral ethical system that's embedded within Buddhism that Shinran actually is not questioning mm-hmm. with his sort of personal crises and I think that we can learn a lot from his personal crises and I know that I have and I think that what I always gain from that is this um, sense of deep humility mm-hmm. the sense of like oh I'm not I'm not a Buddha mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I can't act like one I shouldn't presume that I'm arrogant enough to think like a Buddha or act like a Buddha or whatever mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean that I can't still try to be a decent human being Mm -hmm. (laughs) and doesn't mean that I can't, as you just said, sort of look at the three poisons and say, okay, am I doing behavior that's motivated out of ignorance or motivated out of anger or out of greed? Right. And so I think that those are, uh, are somewhat separate, but related things. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a way of approaching the world in an ethical way without uh, an ethical way that that's not an arrogant way. That makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and one thing that that um, comes to mind too is um, well, there's kind of an issue after Shinran, mm-hmm. right? And as the tradition develops, uh, and then there's this idea of um, bupo obo or Buddha's law and King's law, mm-hmm. right? Or but, yeah, that's one way to it's whole is Dharma, right? So the Dharma of the Buddha and the law of the King, if you. But it's the same character in Chinese, Japanese, right? But um, it kind of depends how we want to um, translate it into English. But that one might be it: Dharma of the Buddha, law of the King. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's one trend I think in Shinshu where the spiritual life is internalized, uh, and then externally is just follow the laws of society. Right. right. And so the question is, what does Buddhism and spirituality have to do with how I act in the world? Being in the world almost has nothing to do with Buddhism, and it's just no, I follow the laws. Right. I follow. I I try to live harmoniously within society. Mm-hmm. And in some, in a way, it sounds good, but deeply problematic. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then what is it? Then what does it have to, Buddhis, to do with Buddhism? It's like does does then the Buddhist ethical system is completely internalized, right? And and you know, and there's almost immediately going to be a conflict because the law of the king. If there's a law of the king that is in direct opposition to the Dharma of the Buddha, how do you reconcile? What do you those? do? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because Shinshu is kind of a, a persecuted movement mm-hmm. at the time of Shinran, right? And it develops in an in a, um, um, atmosphere of, of extreme persecution, right? And, uh, and later on, too, Renyo, right? And um, uh, the, I think the kind of Muromachi period and, you know, before Tokugawa period when the, okay, finally the shogun beats everybody and says, okay, no more fighting, we have peace. Right, leading up to that, there's lots of fighting, right, and there's lots of conflict with the quote-unquote government or warlords or whatever, right. So it's kind of interesting. I think a lot of um, uh, the development of Shinshu at that time comes out of that, um, and that flavors it in a lot of ways um, that often I think we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this idea of I I, I agree with you. I guess that it, it, to me, it's it, at least in the sense that it is problematic, and uh, so that's a question about Shin ethics. Does Buddhism have anything to do with it? Or is a Shin... I think one version of Shin ethics, I think there's a lot of possibilities, and one is just be an upstanding member of society. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, So depending on what Supreme Court decides, and that I just have to follow that. And if we, you know, uh, the laws become more restrictive, and I just have to follow it. I have to be a good member of society. Nothing to do with anything with Buddhism. Um, That might be a kind of an extreme read of it, um, but I think that's one real possibility. Um, another possibility is going even a little bit further, I think, than what you were saying. It's, okay, I can't know what good and evil is. I can't know the the way a Buddha would act. So who cares? Apparently, I'm not supposed to care at all. And apparently, I can do what I want. And, that, and you know, that's another extreme read, I think, when the spirituality is so, I don't know if it's so complex or so hopeless or what, but that... I guess I don't have to worry about it. I, I heard that, you know, I don't, and there's people out there, I know, members that feel that way. Neutral DC evil. Members. Neutral <laughs> evil, wow. <laughs> right? Um, but it's really interesting Because well, like you're not following a particular set of rules or a, a code of conduct, and you're not acting yeah, purely I mean, I, out of self-interest. <laughs> I would bet those people are actually living within their social code. Yeah, yeah, and, know. You know, the, the yeah. code. Okay. Um, but... You know that that's another read yeah. that um, 
yeah, Buddhist ethics, not possible, don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, personally, I think that's not it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just in, interesting to me, these, um, you know, these, I think there's a lot of possibilities of um, ways that the Shin Buddhism can be lived ethically, mm-hmm. right? The ethics of Shin Buddhism. Um, another one is uh, if you get it, if you do it right, if you awaken to or, or receive Shinjin that you become Buddha, you're born in the Pure Land now. Right? And that somehow you're capable of Buddha activity, maybe. Um, I haven't quite heard it expressed that far, but this idea of we do attain birth in this life mm-hmm. with the attainment of Shinjin. Mm-hmm. And what does that imply? What does that entail? Um, you know, that um, am I Buddha then? Duh. Am I awakened? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, or, or Bodhisattva at the very least, and now I can do Bodhisattva activity. Um, I think personally, I think that goes too far too. And that if there's no reflection, you're no longer a bombu then. Can there be a bombu in the pure land here? Um, you know, I, that's not really my understanding. Um, my understanding is we're bombu till we die. Uh, that you know, there's that we do not attain Buddhahood in this life. Uh, but then, as a bombu, how do I live my life? What is the ethics? Is there an ethics that I can live by? Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think, yeah, it's not, quote-unquote, trying to be a good Buddhist. I kind of agree with that, that um, that trying to actively, by my own effort, be a bodhisattva um, isn't our path. Um, but it's getting problematic here, so then what do I do? Can I do any of that? Do I try? Is it okay to try and fail? Um, do is it, Does reflection involve, you know, understanding... Um, some basic Buddhist ethical principles, do we need those? Um, or is that all self-power? Is any questioning of um, an ethical, eth- ethical possibilities, is that self-power to be rejected? Um, you know, in Renyo, it's pretty clear in the Ryogemon, Moro Moro no Zogyo Zashu Jirikiyo Furisutete. So the, the, the mind of self-power of um, various sundry practices and mis- throw it away and trust in Buddha, that's it. But then so what? So then then how, how do I live my life? You know, it's a really um, subtle, abstruse kind of system yeah. um, with You're a lot right. of... And, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, so that's what I struggle with <clears throat> as, a, as a Buddhist, um, as a Shin Buddhist. Um, I think that's... Um, and, you know, you may have read in the Wheel of Dharma a few months ago by the time this comes out, um, us seemingly saying that our BCA temples are not socially... Don't I forget the exact words? It's dark in here. We can't read it. But um, <laughs> um, you know, social responsibility, and that our temples don't emphasize it, and um, which isn't what we said. And yeah, that's not what we said. And yet, I feel like I have to. I I don't think that we accused BCA of 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 that um, BCA members or BCA temples. Um, I would, oh, you know, I remember. I, I could be wrong because. Full disclosure, Harry and I don't always listen to the things we have recorded um, after the fact, so I, I could be getting this wrong. But I believe when we talked about the social justice, that that arc of episodes was um, in response to a listener question who um, was wondering what kind of social justice causes the BC had gotten behind. And mm-hmm. in the first part of that episode, we provided a lot of the historical stuff about the BCA. And some of the stuff that we're talking about right now, I think, came up in that episode mm-hmm. back in Japan, but also the contemporary American context and mm-hmm. the the historical American context, um, pre-World War II, um, pressure from the um, 
white majority to um, uh, stigmatize and racialize Japanese Buddhists and, and internment and all those things that created uh, an institution that historically had been more inward looking rather than um, ex- external um, in the, the social realm. Mm-hmm. But then we went on to talk about the way in which that has changed, I think, mm-hmm. and various different um, social justice causes the BCA has been in historically and contemporarily. Um, there's a lot of interesting things happening in the BCA. There always mm-hmm. have been. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're not as well publicized as other things um, for a variety of reasons. But um, you know, I don't think we ever said that the BCA is not socially engaged or doesn't have some sort of concern for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just now, I was thinking, you know, even if the institution is sort of internally um, uh, focused, um, that in and, of, in and of itself is a kind of engagement. Mm. Um, you know, it's not as though if the institution is only concerned with its own members, that it's not somehow engaged in the world, right? It's just not engaged in the world outside of Jodo Shinshu, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there's, a, there's always a concern within the larger North American Jodo Shinshu milieu. <laughs> Um, for, you know, addressing certain kinds of issues. There's al- it's always been part of the, the tradition. How that gets expressed gets expressed differently. And, um, you know, there's always room for criticism, right? There's always room to come in and say, well, you should be doing something more or you shouldn't be doing this. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we ever said that no one's ever doing anything. Yeah. And, and to me, if I critique outwards, I have to do it more inwards yeah. towards yeah. myself. Right. And as a minister, what do I do? Um, you know, do I mean, and so, so that, I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah. And it's also like, it's one thing to say, you know, I as an individual on my path, I'm sort of struggling with what it means to be an ethical person, mm-hmm. how to behave in the world, how to be in the world. What's the good thing? What's the bad thing? What's right? What's wrong? You know, that's, you know, that important self-reflection needs to happen. Absolutely. Um, it's not easy, but it's somewhat easier for an individual to do it than for an institution to do it. Um, if an institution, a large community wants to come out and say, Oh, we want to take a stand or do a new um, program or uh, make a statement about, you know, issue X, then that whole community has to do self-reflection. That whole community has to be on board. That whole community has to enter into a dialogue and a, discernment process about how to go through doing that thing. And there's always going to be, um, you know, unevenness there, right? Because it's a whole community. It's not just an individual. And so mm-hmm. institutions necessarily have to go through a longer period of um, reflection that's much more complicated, I think, than, you know, an individual coming out and being like, oh, I support whatever, you know, an individual can do that. Mm-hmm. There might be consequences, but, you know, an individual can do that. Yeah. An institution doing that is a whole different story. Yeah, so that I mean, I think that um, that level of you know the institutional versus the the personal, and um, I suppose as a minister, I kind of um, dwell in the midst of the institutional, <laughs> right? <laughs> that that's part of who I what I do as a minister is kind of representing Buddhism in a way, um, and yet having to live my own life. And yeah, I mean, um, you're, yeah, you're sort of at the intersection there, right? But I mean, yeah. as a leader within the community, you help guide a particular conversation certainly but you're also an individual right so mm-hmm. there's that i mean you know reverend harry bridge can't come out and say bca thinks this but mm-hmm. you be might be part of a conversation about what the bca says mm-hmm. it's complicated man yeah um one of my favorite uh buddhist concepts uh is the middle way 
uh, and I think that it can be very ethical, uh, and that um, you know it comes from Buddha's life story and uh, his uh, early life as a prince and the pleasure and um, hedonism even, right? Versus the later um, after giving all that up and going on the ascetic journey, right? And self-denial and um, uh, denial of the body and everything. Uh, and then uh, part of his awakening was seems to have been the middle way between those two, right? And that this middle way plays out uh, in uh, even in Mahayana, the Nagarjuna emptiness is actually kind of a middle way idea, right? It's a middle way between existence and non-existence. Um, I, I, I think that even Shinran, so I wonder, this is my idea lately, is maybe middle way even um, informs Shinshu. Mm-hmm. And Shinran's path is neither monk nor layman, mm-hmm. right? It could be viewed as kind of middle way. The, the um, white path um, maybe could be viewed as a, a manifestation of the middle way. And I think maybe it's, yeah, it's not, don't try to do good, but don't not do good, <laughs> right. right? It's a middle way between those. <laughs> do I do good and try my best um, at the expense of myself, selflessly only doing things for others, I don't think Shinshu doesn't tell us to do that, that we have to do that. Mm-hmm. But Shinshu also doesn't say, you can't do anything. You don't have to do anything. Right? I don't think it says that either. Uh, and so there's some middle way in between there, which unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, it's, it's kind of vague in a way. Right? And it, it takes a lot of responsibility on the part of the person to look for that middle way. Right? It's not just do this. It's not a prescriptive kind of thing of easy answers. Yeah. Right? Um, and so uh, that's kind of the, the middle way, I think, is probably my favorite Buddhist doctrine. And um, because it's so flexible, right? Because uh, I feel like it can be applied to um, almost any situation, right? It doesn't have to be a preset kind of situation. Um, and it, to me, it seems to accord with um, Shinran's teachings and, and Buddhist teachings. Uh, and so, so the idea I came up with was maybe a middle way activism. Hmm. I'm not an activist. I never was. Um, I, I've known people who were more so, you know, went to college with or whatever. Um, I really never considered myself an activist and never felt motivated by kind of activist impulse. Um, and yet, by recognizing, you know, that maybe ab- kind of, I think sometimes activism goes too far. And you can actually kind of turn people off and piss people off, you know, and, um, you know, how far are you willing to go? You can be so activist that you're committing violence against people. Right, and so that to me would be one, ext- a few different versions of an extreme, but the other extreme is not doing anything. Mm-hmm. The other extreme is only being concerned with your own life, only being concerned with your own family, uh, only being concerned with your own temple. And do we have enough money um, to keep going? Do we have enough members? That's it, right? Um, and so maybe a middle way activism is a way to. It's not saying you people have to do this. You have to be out there protesting for climate change and um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, saying you have to protest, you have to be a certain way. I don't think that's going to happen so much um, in our community. It's not going to happen with me. But it for if I'm have to look at myself and say, but I'm not doing enough. Right? I'm not just not being concerned with the world around me isn't mm-hmm. enough. As a Buddhist, I have to um, reflect on these issues at least. Well, I, I wouldn't say have to 100%. Me personally, yeah. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't, again, if I tell someone else they have to, there's something wrong with that to me. That's not quite the right, you know, saying that you are required to do this because Amina Buddha doesn't require us 
um, to be good people. That you know, for each, we have to find it in ourselves, uh, in my own life, uh, and maybe that's one of the difficulties with the institution. Our institution maybe can't really go out there and make these pronouncements of what people have to do with their life. Um, that who says who? Amida Buddha is the 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 um, where the um, liberation is coming from, mm-hmm. right? That it's not. Um, I don't know. I don't quite know where I'm going with that, but um, so that's my idea. The, this kind of um, middle way ethics, right? Where uh, we do need to be aware of Buddhist ethics and um, you know the negative side of not engaging in the three poisons and the positive side of being compassionate, aiming towards compassion and selflessness. But if I make that an absolute, you have to be like this. That's not right. But the flip side is it's not just a kind of like apathetic. Don't have to do anything. That's mm-hmm. wrong too. Yeah, uh, that we have to find uh, something, uh, way to move forward in the middle, and maybe just the way things are going. I mean, we're doing this late December 2015, and things are pretty messed up <laughs> right now, right? And ah, everything's fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, we've been saying that um, things have been messed up for for well, yeah, since yeah, the beginning I, of human. I was going right? to say but, that there's also just there's there's all the sort of abstractions and um, higher levels of thinking about these things there's also just the, the, at some point there's also just some pragmatic decisions that have to be made mm-hmm. you know sometimes you have to behave and you know you have to act you have to make a decision um and regardless of the ultimate concerns regardless of whether or not amida's salvation is for everybody regardless of all these other things you know there are some things you just sort of have to say okay well we need to do we need to make a decision on this issue mm-hmm. and that decision might be ethical that issue might be ethical and so you know at that point i think some of the stuff just drops away and you say well is this decision coming from a place of compassion is this decision um helping to alleviate suffering or do i know that it's going to inevitably cause harm mm. you know and sometimes you don't know and that's the tricky thing right but still you know you can't just not do anything because then then you're just staying at home all day playing D. <laughs> Which I probably would do if I had friends <laughs> oh. and time. Oh. 